This is Stick to Sports Podcast with Noah and Logan. Welcome to Stick to Sports Podcast. Um, Noah and Logan. This is a weird intro for us, but we're joined by the 11th best bracketologist as yes. of, and soon to be second best bracketologist. Watch out, Lenardi. Um, DJ Bauer, aka Bauertology, how you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm glad you guys invited me on this podcast to talk some uh, college hoops because uh, I can always talk college hoops. It's, you know, as of late, we've been kind of obsessed I, I, looking yeah. over, especially this one right here. I, all I did was just watch watch all the conference tournaments. God, I wish I could have done that. I was busy working uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the state high school tournaments here, and they're they're fun to cover, but definitely missed out on a whole bunch of great college basketball. Yeah, there's and so much and obviously so, so much, much to, to talk come. about. So much to so much to come too. Exactly, like March Madness is here, and finally the first, like I guess, in the in different cities after you and know with fans with fans too. Last year, last year was different, you know, with in the one state and the year before. I can't believe sometimes I forget that we had a year without March Madness. Can you believe? Oh, that? I will never forget that because. Uh, the day, the day that everything shut down was the day that my brother, his friend, and I were supposed to go out to Indianapolis to go to the Big Ten tournament. Wow. The day that everything shut down. That darn Fred Hoiberg. Disheartening. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's just get right into it. So, DJ, what from Selection Sunday immediately, what was your one of your takeaways and what are your biggest surprises? You know, obviously your bracket was pretty accurate, but did you have any real surprises from um, Selection Sunday in terms of seeding, in terms of teams that got in or teams that got left out? I don't think it was extremely shocking because the committee the committee kind of showed a lot of things that we were expecting, what things they value. You know, things that they, they really, you know, value are um, for getting into the field, having those top-tier elite wins, um, playing well against teams on the road, um, you know, generally avoiding bad losses, but that doesn't seem to be as much of a factor as winning big games. Um, they've said in the past that the results are generally what matters for getting selected into the tournament. And I feel like we kind of saw that this year. Um, and then, you know, more so on the seeding aspect is kind of like, you know, how did you, uh, you know, do in the metrics? How does Ken Palm think of you? How does a strength of record think of you? Things like that. And so that's why you see teams like Providence who, you know, with 22 and five in a power conference where they were seated a little bit lower than as a four, even though, you know, their resume says they could have been like a two seat or something. So that's certainly a factor. So I don't think there was anything too surprising there. Um, I will say that probably the biggest surprise of the tournament was what happened near the bubble. Um, You know, Rutgers, Rutgers was a very, are they in, are they out type of team? Um, A lot of people were pointing to, oh, you know, they've won these huge games against Illinois the one at Wisconsin, um, you know, they basically beat every other Big Ten team that was trying to get into the field. Yeah. But the problem is that they lost so many bad games early in the season. The home loss to Lafayette back in November is, you know, laughable. Um, and the metrics were not very fond of them either. But the committee rewarded all their good wins and they got into the field. Um, maybe a bigger surprise was Notre Dame getting in. Okay. Their resume was basically they beat Kentucky. And that, <laughs> that was about it. There wasn't really that much else for them to hang on to. Um, the metrics were okay. Um, so I think they were kind of a surprise. And I think most bracketologists would agree that it was surprising that they got in and, and Texas A&M got left out after A&M just had that huge run in the, uh, 
SEC conference tournament, beating Auburn, beating Arkansas before losing to Tennessee in the title game. And, uh, and yeah, it, it was a little, little surprising. Um, you know, it seems like the committee really didn't value the, the results of what happened in the conference tournaments um, as much this year. And you, you say about not valuing the results of the conference tournament. Um, in your final bracket, you had Tennessee as a, a two seed. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, I thought they were going to be a two seed as well, but they were seated, seated on the three line, which was kind of shocking to me. So how did you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, personally, I think if you take a look at the resumes, because, you know, the, the argument is between them and Duke. Duke was the last two seed. Um, you take a look at the resumes, you know, Tennessee clearly has the advantage right now. When the committee started their, you know, selection and seeding process, which was back on Wednesday, um, that wasn't the case. You know, some of the, the metrics were more favorable for, for Duke since Tennessee, you know, hadn't gone out and beat teams like Kentucky and Texas A&M yet, and Duke hadn't lost to Virginia Tech yet. Um, so the metrics were more favorable to the Blue Devils back then. Now you get closer to the tournament, it clearly looks to be in favor of Tennessee and I you know I was thinking maybe they would make that switch but at the same time you know it has kind of been a trend in the past that the committee doesn't really factor in the results of what happened on a uh, on a Sunday into what happens um, for teams getting into the field which you know everyone's got their opinions on that I think it's a little bit lazy of them to not really factor in those opinions but at the same time I understand that they are busy and uh, and bracketing is a very long and, and difficult process. Well, I'll say this, you know, you talk about the the conference tournament. Yeah, obviously, and we saw through a lot of the uh, um, seedings that the conference tournament meant nothing to um, a lot of these teams. I think you talk about Mich- Michigan being selected, actually getting, not even being part of the first four um, over Rutgers and Indiana was something that was shocking to me. Like even looking at, looking at it during Selection Sunday and looking at Michigan as an 11 seed and they're 17 and 14, it's laughable, in my opinion. You know, it's the Big Ten. You know, in ter- in over here of the podcast, the um, conference of frauds, basically. Um, it's kind of kind of sad to see you know Michigan getting in. You know, I I understand like you know they have the big wins, but some would say that Rutgers, a bubble team for the longest, but I think they solidified their place in the tournament. Especially if you don't even think about conference tournament, they solidified their place in the tournament like two with it with two weeks left in the season and Indiana did it in the did solidify their place in March Madness during the conference tournament so like it was kind of like offensive in my opinion to see Michigan right even getting getting in the tournament let alone getting a bye you know not being part of that first four yeah my thing with Michigan is that um you know the thing that they do uh they did well was that they got those big wins that you mentioned you know they, they beat teams like Iowa they beat teams like Michigan State and Ohio State teams that were in the field um and yeah they they were the last team above the last four in so if Texas A&M had won that game against uh um Tennessee and gotten the auto bid and knocked Notre Dame out of the field then Michigan would have been in the first four alongside Wyoming Indiana and Rutgers um I think the thing for me with Michigan is that it's like they got the big wins. The metrics are really favorable. You know, they rank in the 20s and 30s in, in Ken Palm and, and BPI and the similar predictive stuff. Um, for me, the 17 and 14 record isn't as big a, a red flag as it is for most people. I understand, you know, they, they lost a whole bunch of games and you got to penalize them for that. But maybe I wouldn't penalize them for, for you know, making the tournament or not, maybe just their seating because 
yeah. you know, would it really have made a difference if, you know, one of their games against Purdue Fort Wayne, which got canceled for COVID, if they won that and they would have been 18 and 14, is that a whole lot better than 17 and 14? I don't really think so. Um, so, so for me, I think that their resume says tournament team, they, they played a really tough schedule. Um, they beat a lot of good teams. They didn't really have any bad losses, the metrics like them. Um, but because, you know, they did lose a whole bunch of their big opportunities that they probably should have won. I think you do knock them down to an 11 or a 12 seed. Yeah. And, and you know, everyone, everyone wants to talk about the strength of schedule. Um, another reason why Bama was seated as a six seed. Um, mm -hmm. One thing that, which is it? I think they're fine. I don't. I didn't like Bama as a six. My uh, advice for anyone trying to bet on the tournament: stay away from Alabama, please. I I fell into the trap of Alabama last year. They were my, they were my team that I was riding till the end. But I will not make that same mistake this year. They, I they it, are they are way I too. I just high. can't trust. I can't trust them. They can they can beat Baylor. They can beat Houston. They can beat Gonzaga. They can also lose to Missouri, Iona, and Georgia. So. Stay away from them. Hey, don't don't disrespect the Gales like that. And Come Vanderbilt. on. Oh, Vandy, that's a terrible loss. That was a uh, trash loss. I think Logan compared uh, Bama to what was it? A, a toxic X. Yeah. You you, <laughs> you look at the good qualities, but then you try to mask the bad ones, the bad Georgia losses and the bad Missouri losses. At Bama, I am staying away from Bama. No, I gotta, I gotta say, if Rutgers wins that first four game against Notre Dame, Rutgers Alabama is gonna be the most unpredictable game of the tournament. Well, let's actually let's go into like the regions right now. Um, well, let's talk about the first four. In our opinion, Rutgers and Indiana, two teams that we were pushing to make the tournament, got the worst draws out there because Notre Dame is a team, solid team, solid, um, team and obviously Wyoming had a couple of big wins. Go Mountain West with the four bin. Look at the look at the Mountain West conference. Um, a lot of these mid-major conferences got a lot of bids. You know, West Coast getting three, Mountain West getting four, A10 getting two, thanks to the thanks to the this, Richmond, this, the Spiders. Yeah. Um, so and they would have gotten two even without Richmond because uh, Dayton was the team that they kicked out of the field. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's wild. Um, but in terms of the regions, in let's look at the let's start with the West region. Any like potential teams you see coming out of there? I mean, I, in my opinion. What's stopping Gonzaga from winning this region? Right. Well, I, I mean, Gonzaga is obviously going to be the favorite in this region. And, you know, it's not a surprise. They're the number one overall seed. They've been here before. You know, they've been to two of the last five uh, championship games. They're almost always a guarantee to make it to, uh, um, you know, the Sweet 16 at least. They, they have a lot of detractors because they're like, oh, they play in a, a crappy conference and they can never win the big one. They, they falter against top tier competition. I don't think that's necessarily true. You know, we saw that the the WCC was a much better conference this year. St. Mary's a five seed, San Francisco a 10, BYU yeah. probably just a couple results away from getting into the tournament. Um, so they played against a strong conference and they still dominated and they beat good teams in the non-conference as well. Uh, you know, easy to see that why they're the clear favorite and might, might be my pick to, to finally win it all this year. You know, like I said, Gonzaga, the only team that could beat Gonzaga is themselves. And that has been the situation through a lot of their games, um, through a lot of their games in the past. I still believe the same thing to be true this year. Um, it, at least for me, I'm not sure about Logan. I think a lot of times the teams don't capitalize on the mistakes that Gonzaga made. I, the San Francisco Gonzaga game was a huge in the conference tournament was a huge factor in this. Chet Holmgren, one of the best players in the nation, easily, but. This this Gonzaga team does tend to be sloppy at times, and 
San Francisco, there was a 10-point margin, not as close as it looked. But at the same time, San Francisco failed to capitalize on the mistakes that Gonzaga made. And if they do, you know, find that competition that, you know, puts it all together, as we saw, like, Alabama did. Again, I don't know, Alabama, the, you know, they're hot and cold. But as Alabama did, they capitalized on the mistakes that Gonzaga did and made. And if Chet Holmgren is, you know, held in check, he tends to be, when he's off, he's off. So... If they just capitalize, I think Gonzaga could possibly end up seeing, you know, St. Mary's did it, um, Duke did it, and I think, you know, they might run if they don't, at least not in the re- in the in their region. But look, if you look at the Elite Eight, Final Four, I, I don't I don't think Gonzaga is going to win it all this year, in my opinion. Okay, Logan, Logan, uh, you I obviously think, obviously disagrees with me. I think I'm with uh, DJ here. I think. Gonzaga could be their year. I, I think, obviously, they're most likely going to make the Sweet 16, barring any unforeseen circumstances. Uh, so, and I think that, I think that they'll, they'll clean up the mistakes. It's the the tournament is different, and I think they'll clean up the mistakes. And I think they have a good shot at making the Final Four and maybe even winning the title this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go against you here and. This Give so my vote of confidence for Gonzaga. The thing with Gonzaga is that they're such, you know, they're the best offensive team in the country. They're one of the best defensive teams in the country. They're so hard to beat whenever – they're impossible to beat whenever all the parts are working. Whenever Drew Timmy is doing what he does, whenever Chet Holmgren is getting the looks he wants, whenever they're playing great defense with guys like Strother and, and Regier Bolton, you know, they are impossible to beat. The only time you can beat them is whenever they're having an off night. And even whenever they're having an off night, you still need to bring your best game. As we saw with San Francisco, you know, Gonzaga had an off night and uh, Gonzaga still won that game by 10 points. So, yeah, you know, it's that you're right. The metrics favor them a lot. Again, that offense is impossible to stop. And Chet Holmgren is such a unicorn of a player, in my opinion. (laughs) But um, I think one of the one of the things that, you know, has been like a red flag for them is their guard play. Can it, you know, can it be like good enough to win the games? Um, they don't have the guards that they had in the past, whether it be your, um, not Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who am I thinking of? Um, he, he had three names too, um, but. Oh yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, let me pull him real quick. Nigel Williams-Goss. Yes, Nigel Williams-Goss, or whether it be your Jalen Suggs. If their guard, their guard play right now, um, Strawthard is, you know, he's a veteran, he's a senior there. Um, and they have Razier Bolton, who's been great for them, especially in the clutch, and especially as a player that you know could get a quick bucket. And we saw in the conference tournament, they just basically went through all their teams like easily. So we'll see in the tournaments that you're right. Other teams need to bring their best game to catch Gonzaga on an off night. Um, anyone, Logan? Is there anyone else in the West you well, think? I was gonna ask DJ if, besides like Gonzaga and Duke. Like your top seeds, who do you think could make like a surprise run to maybe the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight? You know, if it wasn't for them having to match up against Gonzaga in the second round, I think Memphis could. They have just been playing really good basketball as of late. That's true. They were they they were a hot mess at the start of the season. They they just looked discombobulated. They did not look like they wanted to take the court in that game against Georgia, and they lost. Um, You know, they they had some other terrifying results for for a team that had so many preseason expectations and then at the end of the season they finally started to put to put it together and whenever they're at their best i mean we saw that game that they had in the regular season finale against houston that they were winning by 24 at one point 
Um, so that is an extremely dangerous nine seed, if not for the fact that they're going up against Gonzaga, who I think is already a pretty impossible team to beat. Um, I think that they certainly could make a run. They certainly have the talent for it, you know. You, you yeah. can't a team like that isn't a team that's gonna, you know, um, isn't a team that's you know gonna be overshadowed. But yeah, you're right. The fact that they have to go up against Gonzaga as a nine seed. It's extremely unfortunate. And you're right, Memphis was a team that we said, you know, after that game against Houston, we were like, this is a team that could face Houston in the AAC final and give them a run for their money, which they ended up doing. Uh, But Houston obviously came out on top. Um, But speaking of Houston, let's go to the South Conference. Any teams here? uh, This is a very interesting conference. I mean, Logan and I are going to get to see um, the the Ohio State Loyola, Chicago, and Villanova-Delaware matchups this upcoming weekend. But... A lot of frauds and a lot of upset alerts in this conference. Any ones in particular you're interested in in the South region? In terms of the upset alerts, yes. um, Chattanooga is a very dangerous team. Uh, we we saw them win in the SoCon in absolutely spectacular fashion on that three pointer to beat Furman yep. in overtime. Three, yep. And uh, you know, as good as Illinois is, they put a lot of dependency on their their star players. You know, their Andre Corbello, Kofi Coburn, Trent Frazier. Those guys have an off night. You know, they are certainly a beatable team. We've seen we've seen days where, where Kofi just absolutely dominates the interior and nobody can do a thing to him. We've seen days where he gets shut down because he gets off to a slow start. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Curbelo is as crafty as a, as a player he is. He also makes a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, that's just kind of the, the way a point guard goes. You have a lot of assists. You also have a lot of turnovers. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're very a, start, a very star-dependent team. And if those stars aren't playing well, I think Chattanooga could absolutely beat them. Yeah, Illinois is my, was one of my frauds going into their conference tournament, and they definitely proved me right with that loss to Indiana. Um, they're a team that can't – if they get into a shootout, it's over for them in, t- in terms of that because, you know, unlike years in the past where they had, you know, a guard that could slow it down and, like, really calm the offense like Ayo Dosunmu, one of the podcast's favorite players um, – they aren't, they aren't a team that, you know, you can really trust to make a run. Neither are a lot of the Big Ten teams, if we're really being honest. But uh, we will get to that. I'm looking at another up. Hey, TCU could turn some heads in this um, in this, uh, this region. You know, TCU was a team that me and Logan saw, you know, pushing out, out of the bubble. You know, they got the nine seed and making it to the semifinal, I believe, in the Big 12, where they ended up, you know, being down against Kansas, coming back and then ended up losing. Seton Hall is the forgotten team of the Big East. I I don't know. I think TCU has a momentum, and anybody facing them on a neutral court is um, is in for like a big surprise, in my opinion. And obviously Bryant had, in the first four um, with Peter Kiss. They just an electric. Oh, Peter Kiss, the electric man. <laughs> so electric. Doing push-ups on the floor against Wagner after he took a foul. <laughs> it's it's just so. Just so great. They're, they're, it's going to be so great to watch him in the first four, and I hope we get to see more of him. Uh, obviously, Arizona's a great team, but and anyone else in the South are you looking at? Uh, I, I think Tennessee is a team that I have kind of I was like. going to mention them. I think they're my final four pick from this region. Honestly, Tennessee is really – I'm really getting behind them, and they have just playing playing great as of late. And I think I agree with you. Tennessee to the final four. I just – I can see it now. <laughs> you know, I I think t- I think Tennessee is certainly an option. Obviously, you know Arizona they have played extremely well all year, and and they've got guys like Tubelis and Matherin that are the reason why they're there. 
Um, and even though I don't think this Villanova team is like the the best they've ever had, yeah. I'm never going to go against uh, Jay Wright in March. In March, exactly. <laughs> they absolutely could do some damage too. Um, I, th- I think a matchup in the South that I'm really like, I'm not looking forward to looking watching it, but it the Loyola Chicago Ohio State matchup is just it's just interesting. It's just interesting, but I am I don't trust either team, uh, especially not Ohio State. Um, especially no, I wouldn't trust Ohio State at all either. Then the Big Ten is just so deaf. Like Michigan's losing in the first round. Uh, if, if I don't know how I good Colorado know. State is, a sixty. Know. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that Michigan could cause some some trouble. I think Michigan can beat Colorado State. You think so? But I think they'll lose Tennessee anyway. <laughs> I think something that matters a lot whenever people are filling out their brackets are the predictive metrics because the metrics kind of give you a feel of how teams are supposed to play. You know. And uh, and Michigan is you know a top thirty team by many of those margins, so I I think that they could perhaps cause some trouble. I don't know how far they'll get, but I think they could win a game, maybe two if it weren't for the fact that they would play Tennessee. Exactly. Well, let's talk about causing some trouble. These next two regions are just chaotic, in my opinion. Uh, let's start with the East. There's just so much happening in the East. Uh, any team that really like sticks out for you, um, in terms of like the lower seeds, the bottom the bottom seeds in the East that could cause some trouble in people's brackets. You know, I really love the 7-10 matchup between Murray State and San Francisco. I think it's a it's an absolute crying shame that the committee put those two together because I totally agree. Two very fun mid-major teams that I think could cause some trouble and they have to play each other in the first round. So it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. actually a travesty. Whoever wins that game, I think he's going to give Kentucky one heck of a fight. Uh, San Francisco was my, was my pick going into the conference tournaments to really cause trouble mm-hmm. in March Madness as a whole. But the fact that they have to play Murray State really upsets me. This Murray State team has been here before. Yes. And they're just more experienced now. Um, Another team that, you know, I'm still riding on the high of. Virginia Tech was my pick going into the ACC tournament to win the whole damn thing. Um, to win the ACC tournament. And they ended up actually doing it, you know. Uh, and actually, they dominated their cut. Except... Out of Notre, outside of Notre Dame, they actually dominated North Carolina and Duke. This is this Virginia Tech team might be dangerous, and I they're a Sweet Sixteen team in my opinion. I do think that this is a very good Virginia Tech team, and, and they could certainly make a long run. Um, you know, they already have playing well in the ACC tournament. They're, I'm, you know, I'm glad they got into the tournament because, um, you know, they're a team that the metrics say, yeah, they're one of the better teams in the nation. They just didn't have the resume for it because they lost so many games early. You know, they were 15 and 13 at one point or whatever, 15, yeah. 12 at one point or something. And then they won a whole bunch in a row to get into March Madness. Um, and, uh, you know, I, Kevin Aluma, I think, is one of the better players in the ACC whenever he's on. And uh, Mike Young, I think, is a fantastic coach. You know, he, he turned around the pro- program at Wofford. They made the tournament all the way up to a seven seed when he was there. He goes to VT and brings, uh, you know, Storm Murphy with him and, uh, and look what happens. Storm Murphy is great, and here's the thing. The reason why I say this is I'm expecting Purdue to make quick work of Yale. I mean, not, no disrespect to Yale, but I'll say this one thing. Purdue cannot defend the three at all. At all, it's actually kind of scary. This Purdue team could run into some trouble, and that's why I, I don't – if Purdue gets past Yale, whoever they whoever they face, and hopefully it's Virginia Tech, they're going to get they're gonna get shot off the floor. And that's a nutty thing, too. Like, a lot of these teams cannot defend the three, um, um, and uh, we didn't even talk about Duke earlier in the uh, early regions. Duke, Duke. We'll, get to Duke. we'll get to Duke eventually. But um, 
again, Virginia Tech is a team I could see um, pushing through. UCLA is also. I was gonna say I wanted to mention UCLA. I feel like they're the forgotten. Even though they're a four seed, we're kind of forgetting about them. But I think UCLA. I think they'll make quick work of Akron. No disrespect to them, and I think they'll beat whoever comes out of the five twelve. And I could see them giving Baylor a good fight and possibly beat them. So I think UCLA is a low key as much as you can be as a four seed to make a a, a deep run. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I mean they're they're an experienced team. You know, they got tons of great players on there like Johnny Juzang and, and Cody Riley and and uh, Tiger Campbell that have experience in this. You know, we saw the run that they made last year. So they they are familiar with March and they could do it again. Um you know, I just worried that in that top half of the bracket, Baylor and St. Mary's are also two very, you know, well put together teams, and especially Baylor, even though they're yeah, kind of a, it, it makes kind those of a, kind of a quote unquote new look team since they lost so many parts from last year. You know, Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, the likes of them. You know, the fact that they were able to get a one seed again in what was probably the best year the Big Twelve had in a long time, you know, just goes to show what an incredible coaching job Scott Drew has done there, and. I certainly think that they they will win a couple games in March. You talk about the Big Twelve. Let's move on to the Midwest. The Big Twelve has two one seeds um, in the in March Madness, which is crazy to to see. But the Midwest, according to Logan, is a shit show. It's a front. I, I think it's a, a series of fraudulent teams, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of teams. I think if we're gonna talk Not about so a, much frauds, but just teams that I'm very like wary on. Like I don't trust. Auburn, they've been kind of streaky as of late. Wisconsin. Definitely don't trust Wisconsin. I don't trust Wisconsin. And then you got LSU who just fired their coach. I don't know what they're going to look like going into the tournament. Providence is probably, probably the, the team I dislike most in all of America just because of how close they win games. I don't see that being like a thing that they can continue doing well into the tournament. Uh, but... All this for Iowa to make the Final Iowa, Four? <laughs> Iowa's my favorite team out of this region. You know, I agree. I, I think uh, Kansas and Iowa are the two teams that I really like out of this region because, one, Iowa has looked unstoppable on offense lately. But they kind of have the same deal going on as Purdue, is that if they don't have a very good defensive night, then they are very much beatable. Yes. Um, so they just they got to stay hot. That's the way that they're going to advance through this bracket. And I think I think they win their first-round game. I think that they beat <laughs> South Dakota State in round two. I'm, I'm picking the upset on yes. that one. Yes. And uh, and uh, it'll, it'll make for an interesting uh, Sweet 16 matchup against Kansas, who, you know, obviously they they have the talent to win this tournament. Um, but, again, a lot of the similar problems there. Similar problems to Illinois is that they do re- rely a lot on their star power. You know, Ochai Abaji, who I think is a, a very serious contender for player of the year. Yes. You know, usually, he usually plays well. But uh, on the nights that he does not, we've seen Kansas, you know, lose to Dayton, lose, uh, you know, by 18 at home to Kentucky. Um, so they're, they're going to need him to be bring his best. Well, even if let's look at the, the bottom half of the Midwest is just I would not be surprised if all the lower seeds won. The, the, <laughs> um, Auburn is re- not Jacksonville State, obviously. Hey, you never know. Uh, you, you're right. But uh, Auburn if, if really two just going to win. It could be Jacksonville State. Auburn really has looked bad. Miami. T- took Duke to the distance. Wisconsin, I- I'm picking Colgate to beat Wisconsin. I'm sorry. I might pick Colgate in that team. Wisconsin is so weird because, like, they go out and these have these per- fantastic performances where they can, you know, they beat Purdue twice, 
They go at Mich- again at Michigan State and win. Yeah. But it really does seem like a lot of the bounces are going their way because Johnny Davis is playing well. And we it's saw him get banged up a little bit in the Big Ten tournament, so who knows if he's going to be 100% for March. I mean, and then obviously the LSU-Iowa State matchup is just going to be – because what is Iowa State? Like Iowa State is a team that shit the bed in the Big 12 but had the out-of-conference resume to get into the tournament already. So I don't – What's the over-under going to be on that game? Like like 70 points? I want to say defensive battle. No, we love those. <laughs> I love those. LSU and Iowa State have two of the best defenses in the nation, but neither of them can make a bucket to save was, their life. This, this matchup for me is like so clearly pointing in LSU's direction like metric-wise, but they just don't have a coach, and I don't know how much that's going to play into how they play in those games. So I, I, you know, I want to say Iowa state as terrible as they have looked recently could get to the sweet 16 yeah. by beating LSU and Colgate. <laughs> I'm just saying that's the thing that's too. I'm like, is this, is this a trip? A same with, but same with Miami too, though. They're, they're a team that is, they're not that good, especially not on paper. And then you look at the, the show they put on against um, Duke and in the ACC tournament, even making it to the semis and just having the ball bounce the way in their favor. In terms of luck, you, you first off, on this side of the bracket, you have some of the most luckiest teams in college basketball in terms of Wisconsin and Providence. And who? what if Texas A&M Corpus Christi in terms of I, okay, I Listen, it, it could be a long shot here, but for me, if any 16 seed's going to win, not that I'm saying they will, Texas A&M Corpus Christi is third in free throws and that's important if you want to upset a big big team and 12th in offensive rebounds and just if anything's going to happen i like them yeah, but we're also but nothing's going to happen so it's fine i don't even i'm sorry to burst your bubble i don't even think they're going to win their first four games <laughs> i think Texas I, I, southern is quote unquote built for march because they've been here so many times honestly and that's that's fine with me i just i have i have a feeling if anyone's going to lose, it's going to be Kansas. But, uh, you mean, hey, all this for the one of the best defensive teams in the nation in terms of San Diego State? So, no, just turn heads now. Their offense isn't as good. But, let's, again, you know, we talked about kind of upsets. But if there's a team in the in March Madness, w- what is the team that is most likely to be upset by a lower seed? Ooh, which team is most where where are we like drawing the cutoff here for like five seed or higher or something? Four seed or higher. Four seed or higher. Four seed or higher. I, I mean, Providence is a prime example. Um, <laughs> just because South Dakota State is such a good high powered offensive team, and Providence does not play great defense, and they have won so many close games, you think it's bound to bite them eventually. Um, you know, they're they're certainly a team that I would put on upset watch. Um, Probably of the top four seeds, that's the most likely one. Um, I could see, you know, like I mentioned, Illinois losing to Chattanooga as well. That might be a number two for me. Those are probably the two that I see as the most likely happening. I would say Wisconsin, as we've mentioned, Colgate, I think, could easily beat them. And if not them, if Iowa State wins, then that's I would consider that an upset because that's their double-digit seed. And I just think Wisconsin is way too reliant on Johnny Davis. And if he's not – and if Iowa State matches up with them, they're so good defensively and they can neutralize him, I don't see things going well for Wisconsin. I also think uh, not maybe to Fullerton, but I think Duke could lose to whoever they play in the round of 32 – just because of how like young they are. 
and how poorly they played in the ACC tournament. Very they could poor. not stop Syracuse from three. They could not stop uh, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech <laughs> from three. By Virginia Tech. So I, if if Duke is gonna lose, I think the earliest they could lose is to either Davidson or Michigan State. Coach K is not getting a uh, national championship this year. I just year. think no, it's not so. experienced. I just I don't trust them to go in to the tournament and make a deep run. Is there okay? You want to talk about a, a certain eleven seed over in the, the East? Uh, in the East, hold I, on. Upset. Can, who are they gonna upset? Oh, and t- look, I'll say this right now. I don't think I think Virginia Tech obviously wins. No, but, I, I think they'll beat Purdue. But in terms of a team that a, to- a top seed that I think loses, like again, I I don't I, obviously Illinois I do not trust at all. Um. What? I was going to say, it's crazy, but what if in the South you have a UAB Chattanooga round of 32 matchup? Could it be possible? It, it, it could. I, I really don't like Houston. I, I And the thing is, I was so high on them last year. They were my t- pick to make the Sweet 16, and they ended up doing that. But I, I don't like this Houston team this year. You know, they... They have, like, one quad one win. Obviously, they have the AAC championship. But after that loss to Memphis, you know, in January, I did not like this Houston team. Yeah, I mean, they certainly benefited from having an easier schedule than than other teams playing in the American. I still think they're a pretty good team. I think that they'll beat UAB, and then I'm predicting Chattanooga over Illinois in round one. So I'm, I'm picking Houston to the Sweet 16. But I definitely understand the hesitations about them. You know, they're not as battle-tested as some of the teams in this tournament. They've dealt with injuries. You know, they lost two of their main guys, you know, Tremont Mark and Marcus Sasser at the beginning of the year, you know, to season-ending injuries. Um, so I understand the hesitation with them. Yeah. And is, okay, in terms of bottom, 10 seeds or lower, what team is, what team that's 10 or lower is making the Elite Eight, in your opinion? Ooh, that's a good question. In fact, let me bring up my bracket and see what's the farthest I have. Because I did make one. I don't. I don't know if I'm finalizing this one yet. And seed making an elite eight, yeah. The lowest seed I have making an elite eight right now is a five, but in the Sweet Sixteen, I I have three double. No, I have four double digit seeds in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, Virginia Tech, of course, is is one that's going to be a popular pick. Yeah. And uh, the other one that I have is uh, Rutgers. <laughs> Interesting. I, I, hey, hey, you know, I'm pretty sure you had them. You, ha- you didn't have them in your final bracket, so it's crazy that you're making a run. I didn't have them in my final bracket, but I think that they're the kind of team that, you know, can beat anybody, as we've seen this year. I think if Alabama has a bad night, they beat them. And uh, Texas Tech is so reliant on their defense. If, uh, you know, if they get behind offensively, Rutgers could beat them. I think, I think my two teams – I don't have anyone to go. I don't think – I haven't finished my bracket, but I if I think about it, I don't think I'll have any double-digit seeds going to the Elite Eight. I think Iowa would be my lowest seed. But I agree with Virginia Tech. I think they'll beat Purdue and make it to the Sweet 16. And then I'm going to I'm gonna be bold and say Iowa State yeah, I was, that was the makes it to that. the Sweet 16. I think, they, I think they'll beat LSU, and I think they can beat Wisconsin or Colgate, whoever comes out. And I think they'll make it to the Sweet 16. I couldn't. Hey, we have I, a lot of same opinions here because I've got I've got Rutgers, I've got Virginia Tech, and I've got Iowa State in my Sweet Sixteen. You see, the, the cherry on top. I've got Loyola Chicago in there as well. I mean, you know what? You can never. You, you can't. You can't beat you Sister can't, Jean's alive, right? She's still alive. Okay, yeah. You can't. You can't bet you against can't her. You can't bet know? against them. Yeah, no. I, 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 shock and Villanova. 
I, I I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm not I'm not betting against Jay right in March. Yeah, I'm sorry. They're just understandable. I'm like a, a championship level team. You know, but like if we're gonna be honest, if there's a conference you see in the Final Four, which conference is gonna be less standard? Where where is the national champion coming from? What conference? Well, I think the WCC, but that's all kind of reliant on one team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If, you know, two conferences that I trust to get it done in March, you know, usually I'd say the ACC, but not so much this year because of how bad they've been. Um, the SEC and the Big 12, I think, are the, the most dependable. And the SEC, SEC's got, a, you know, Auburn, who they've looked kind of eh lately, but we've seen what they can do whenever they're at their best. Kentucky, obviously, is very good, and Tennessee's been playing great as of late. And Arkansas could even make a run. I don't think they'll beat Gonzaga, but I, I do like Arkansas a lot. Okay. Watch the go Razorbacks. Let's go. Arkansas. I do like the Razorbacks. Exactly. Uh, then if, I am. Of course, just with the top heavy, you know, at the Big 12, Kansas and Baylor are obviously both great teams. Texas Tech, if they, you know, are able to match their defense with offense, can make a run as well. Yeah. And obviously, again, in terms of the Big 10, I, I said this before, there's only going to be one Big 10 team in the Sweet 16, in my opinion, and that's Iowa. Yeah. The Big 10 is just a fraudulent conference even here at Penn State you know Penn State beat a lot of these tournament teams like beat Michigan beat Rutgers beat um Iowa Iowa to went the distance against Purdue lost to Illinois by five it's it, it's it's State beat Michigan State yeah it's the it's the Big Ten is such a fraudulent they just, conference they just beat up on each other and make everyone else uh, think that make, they're make each other look good exactly you know like it's it's actually Michigan. Penn State lost to Michigan by one, I think, mm-hmm. and on the road was a a miles dread three away from beating Wisconsin on the road. Like, I really don't like the Big Ten this year. Like, probably out of all the years, I really don't like I them think, this year. Well, last year we saw a lot of Big Ten teams kind of they got past the first round, but the second round, I think everyone lost except for Michigan, and I think it was only Michigan who made it past the first weekend. It's too bad that we only have uh, three Pac-12 teams in this year, so we won't get the same madness that we saw from them last year. Yeah. The Pac-12 last year was just... They were, they were killing it. They were killing it was it. actually just crazy. I love the Pac-12 last year. It's, they are the conference of chaos. I love it because, you know, they're generally regarded as the worst of the power conferences, and they kind of backed that up. They only have three teams in March this year. But, I mean, Oregon getting on a run last year, USC, Oregon, Oregon State. State, all Oregon, Oregon State. No, no, not at all. I, they they had an elite eight run last year, and then this year they won three games, which is just there. The Pac twelve is the wild card, and I I do love them for that. It's in terms of the wild card this year. Who's the wild? Which conference is the wild card this year? I'm gonna say West Coast, and that only because I think San Francisco and St. Mary's will have something to say about it. But also the Mountain West. There we go. Oh, love the Mountain West. I knew you were gonna throw the throw the Mountain West in there. I. I do like the Mountain West. My problem is that I don't like their matchups. That's that's true. That's fair. Memphis Memphis is really hot. I think they beat Boise. Michigan, the metrics really like. I think that they beat uh, Colorado State. Uh, Wyoming, I do think that they'll beat Indiana. But I still like St. Mary's more, and I think St. Mary's wins that game. And then San Diego State's got a very good defense, but their offense has been uh, hard to watch at times. Yeah, and I think Creighton yeah. beats them. So I actually don't have any Mountain West team making it out of the first round. That's fair. This might be one of the better March Madnesses in a while, in my That's opinion. Bias, but right? also very easy to predict, <laughs> in my opinion. 
you know, hopefully it's not. Hopefully we get some madness. Hey, in my opinion, I predicted the Big Ten final to a T. And I did too. I did too. And I don't know Virginia. I predicted Virginia Tech to win the whole thing. I didn't predict that. I was at the um, Virginia Tech North Carolina game. I got booed while walking out the stadium in my Virginia Tech paraphernalia, but it's fine. Um, all this talk for Alabama to just win the whole thing uh, surprise us all. Nate Oates. No, it's not happening. Yeah, all this for Kentucky to win the whole thing in my opinion. Who, who is your Who is your favorite to win the whole thing? Gonzaga, probably. Other than Gonzaga, yeah, you made it. Other than Gonzaga, who, who is Gonzaga matching up with? My final four right now, and I'm not putting this in stone yet, um, is Gonzaga. And then from from the east side, I have Kentucky, but I'm tempted to go with Baylor. But I actually have Baylor getting upset by North Carolina in round two. So we'll, we'll see if I feel confident in that one I a little bit later. Um, but my final four right now is Gonzaga, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Iowa. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. That's a great final four. That's my final four. Okay. I guess that means I'm doing something right then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, who knows? I'm really good at, uh, at predicting what the uh, the bracket looks like. Not so good at predicting what actually happens in the bracket whenever whenever it comes to fruition. Uh, dating back to 2012, maybe 2013, might have been the first year that I started really paying attention to college hoops. I've only picked the champion correctly one time. I think and, I. It doesn't count anymore because it was 2013 Louisville and they had their uh, title revoked. I think I've gotten the last four champions correct so far. Really? Wow. That's I, got, I got last year in one of my brackets. I mean, I did so many. So I'm just so anti-Gonzaga. That's the thing. That's a little Maybe I'm, I'm putting all my chips on them because I'm picking them to win this year. I picked them to win last year. Eventually, right? I'm still picking against Gonzaga. I'm it sorry. It has to happen eventually. But I have I, had some absolutely atrocious uh, national champion picks. I picked Virginia in 2018, then they lost in the first round to UMBC. Nice. And I picked Michigan State in 2015 or 2016, and they lost in the first round to Middle Tennessee. That was the Denzel Washington days. You know, hey, all I know is that no matter what, there's Denzel Valentine. There's Denzel Valentine. Thank you. There's going to be madness in this year's tournament, and I, I just. It's, it's the best time of the year, in all honesty. It's and this is the this NFL is and their free agency has yeah. to come in and ruin it. Yeah, honestly, Logan and I, you Tom know, I'm Brady. <laughs> my, my timeline uh, is selection Sunday. Why? You my know? selection Sunday, like 20 minutes after the bracket's been released. I'm coming back, guys. My Twitter timeline is just filled with NFL free agency. I'm like, where is the brackets? <laughs> where is the March Madness stuff at? It's it's actually quite annoying because you know, obviously, Logan and I cover a lot of football for the pod, and it's like. I, we don't care right now okay, about I, I, football. I could give two craps about NFL for you. I'm kind of the same way right now, and I generally do love the NFL, but I don't get as excited about the draft or free agency as most people do, especially when it's college basketball season. Right. That takes a back seat until hoops is over. Exactly. You know, this, you know, in the in the words of um, John Rothstein, there are people who plan family vacations for this month. Pray for them. Pray for them. <laughs> you know, so this is going to be a great a great great march um i can't wait to see what happens after this first week i feel like this is going to be absolute chaos this weekend um all this for chattanooga to blow out on illinois we, we could see that firsthand uh, oh yeah are we oh yeah are we no we're not watching chattanooga no, we are. Are we? oh we are okay my fault you guys have the pittsburgh games right yep. yeah 
So, yeah, you got Houston, UAB, Illinois, Chattanooga, Ohio State, Loyola, Villanova, and Delaware. Oh, there's only going to be one top seed remaining after the first weekend, huh? Anyway, but thank you so much, DJ, for coming on. This is Thank you very much. This is great, you know. It's not, yeah, thank you for having me on. Not, not, not many people are as you know knowledgeable about college basketball like you are, especially not Lenardi. Lenardi, Lenardi, I was <laughs> I've slowly become just a Lenardi hater. Yeah. The thing, the thing for me about Lenardi is, um, I, I give him a lot of respect because he kind of coined the term bracketology. He's kind of the forefather of it, and I read his book, which was actually quite good. Um, and he does, he does a pretty good job at. Uh, Picking out the teams that are going to make the tournament, I give him credit for that. He usually gets the the teams correct. His seeding sometimes makes me question. I think sometimes he values things that are not as important in the eyes of the committee, and that's why his brackets generally aren't as good. Um, but I, I still have respect for him for doing it all these years and and building bracketology into what it is today. It would not have gotten there without him, even if his uh, brackets aren't as accurate as they should be. Yeah, honestly, but yeah, you know, you, his bubble teams, you know. What do I want to talk about? I think he had Virginia Tech up at. He even, had Xavier. Uh, I I have become a full fledged <laughs> hater of Xavier because he had him in the last four end for like the longest time, even though teams were winning, and they shouldn't have been in anymore. But I won't get into that. Hey, all I know is that Richmond winning they saved stole, a lot. No, they saved no. a lot Richmond of people. Stole Texas A&M's bid. I know. Texas Richmond A&M stole Dayton's bid. Yeah. Indeed. Texas A&M should be in the tournament, in my opinion. It, yeah, I think they should have been too. To to make the and it really shows how they do not care about the conference tournament at all. Because they were even they weren't even the first one out. They were like the fourth one. They were the fourth team out, which is kind of shocking. For was, the SEC, so for a team that made the SEC final, that is wild to me. But, you know, thank you so much, well, DJ, maybe, for coming maybe on. Maybe next year, if you come back, you'll have a top 10. Oh, no, he's definitely coming a back top at 10, this point. Um, you won't be 11. You'll be top 10. You will be top 10. Yeah. Well, see, I got 8th last year, and I got 11th this year. So I'm still in the, the upper, very yeah. upper ranges. And we'll see whenever they put the uh, full rankings together for the last five years where I stand there. Like I said, I might be second whenever that, that comes out. Yeah, of uh, course. But, again, thank you so much for coming so much. on. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is Stick to Sports Podcast with Noah and Logan.